Hello and welcome to Shoot the Hostage. I'm Sarah. And I'm Dan. We're a movie show that delves into a different film each week based around a theme. This season, the theme is cops. Like all good podcasts, this show contains explicit language and mature content, as well as major spoilers for the movie that we're covering. So we're here today to talk about Police Academy. Not just Police Academy, no. though. <laughs> there are many Police Academy. There are a plethora of Police Academy movies. We're talking about Police Academy. Yeah. Police Academy. Can you name them? Off the top of my head? Yeah. Oh, Police Academy 2, The First Assignment. Ding. <laughs> Police Academy 3. Oh, shit. Was that Citizens on Patrol? No, <laughs> back, in, back in Training. Ding. Damn it. Um, four is... Citizens on Patrol. Ding. Five is Assignment Miami Beach. Ding. Six is City Under Siege. Ding. And seven is uh, Mission to Moscow. Correct. <laughs> I'm so ashamed. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy. Um, I struggled. I struggled with it until, you know, the last couple of weeks we've been furiously watching Police Academy movies. And, and writing reading police. everything possible and listening to commentary tracks. <laughs> I have ingested far more police academy content than i ever cared to oh do you think you'll ever get sick of no that lives in my head rim free at all times yeah i know it's an iconic tune it's synonymous obviously with that police academy thing everybody knows it even if they haven't seen police academy that's the police academy thing um yeah so we're doing all seven police academy movies in one episode because we're insane because we're insane and we like to make things hard for ourselves And we just thought everyone wants to hear our thoughts on all seven police academy <laughs> movies, including Mission to Moscow. I'm going to start with asking you, oh, what, no. what does police academy mean to you? What does it mean? <laughs> what does it? Yeah, it's not a trick question. Like um, on a personal level, yeah. Well, I mean, having grown up in the '80s and '90s. I watched the first handful of Police Academy movies a lot when I was a child. So to me, they're kind of like, I don't know, I watched two and three the most, I think. Mm. Uh, like on, upon this rewatch of the series, I realised I was very familiar with two and three. Mm. Um, so it's kind of like a bit of a comfort blanket mm. for me, yeah. if that makes sense. I don't necessarily think they're any good. Okay. <laughs> like any of them. We'll get to that. <laughs> but... They are comforting. Okay. What about you? Yeah, uh, similar. I, I feel like in the 80s and 90s, you know, Police Academy movies were so abundant. They're just every, like... You couldn't move for Police Academy no, movies. No, <laughs> any, any Saturday or Sunday afternoon, it's, it was usually Police Academy 5. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they were always on television when we were kids. Yep. So I've seen them. There are a couple that I've seen a bunch of times, a couple that I've seen less one that I've seen twice. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so they were just everywhere. And like you said, it's a comfort blanket thing. They're super familiar. Mm-hmm. And they're quite, they're, they're like a, all pretty much a lean 90 minutes. They're easy breezy. Yeah. You don't have to engage your brain at all. <laughs> yeah, no, not at all. Um, yeah, been watching them since I was a child and mm-hmm. continuing to watch them into my <laughs> late 30s. Um, I feel like you're in the minority there. 
it, what the people hate these movies. <laughs> Do they? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> uh, okay, so we've got seven police academy movies to get through. Mm-hmm. So should we start with the first one, or let's should start we with do one. it in reverse order? Mm, no, let's start with one and go forward. <laughs> oh, good. Uh, I don't know why I said that. If you just said seven, I'd be like, oh no, my notes are all wrong. And... Okay, so Police Academy number one. The, was... the one that most resembles an actual film. Yeah, it's nearly a movie, isn't <laughs> yeah, it? Yeah, very nearly. <laughs> 1984 it came out. It had a four and a half million pounds budget and it grossed 149 million That's... in the world of Earth. <laughs> in the world of Earth. Yeah. On this planet. Yeah. On other planets, we're not sure. We don't have that <laughs> I think. There. I think even on Pluto, there's a police academy movie <laughs> playing somewhere. Um, they haven't received seven yet, though, because of the time it takes for light to travel across right. the universe. Ron Perlman's livid. <laughs> yeah, I just want to get my face in Pluto. <laughs> um, yeah, so Police Academy number one. I've got... What I did was I went on to uh, ChatGPT. Oh, no. I just... I typed in, give me a 10 bullet point summary of the story of Police Academy 1. And I did that for all seven. So <laughs> I'm going to, from time to time, refer to my notes. Okay. Maybe I'll read a line. Um, maybe it'll be completely incorrect because it oh, seems Have that, you read through them? Yes. To verify? I've skimmed through them to verify. Okay. And is some of it bollocks? Yeah, some of it's bollocks. <laughs> which makes sense because... Um, Obviously, when I think about police academies, it's like, oh, when was the one where Mauser loses his eyebrows? Or oh, like, yeah. I get a bit confused. They're all, with the exception of Seven, which is, I know which one Seven <laughs> is. Um, My notes are very similar in terms of the fact that I had to write things like the jet ski one and the hot yeah. air balloon one next to the tiles. Yeah, exactly. You've got to differentiate them. But they yeah. all. my point is that they're all kind of going to one in my brain. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the same with AI because the, there's a bunch of notes where... They're referring to other movies. Or the um, Police Academy movies, yeah. which is completely different like, movies. Like there'd be a bullet point in four when the thing happened in three or something oh, like that. Interesting. Yeah, Chat so, GPT. That and, is, in fact, your real name. Yeah. Um, and I Googled it as well. And actually, it's apparently called AI hallucinations, which is... That is... That's a term that I, <laughs> I instantly hate. Why is that terrifying? I love it. I, I think AI is very a very good thing. And... Because this is going to be on record on the internet, um, <laughs> and maybe AI will be listening one day. You're, you're great. You're great. Um, I'm a ally. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know what we're talking about. Right? Should we start with point number one, just to get us going, okay. shall we? So, a group of misfit civilians apply to the police academy after the mayor announces that anyone can join. <laughs> so, yeah, that's factually accurate. So there's a bit of beef in the city. Um, crime is is out of control mm-hmm. what should we do they need more police so they need to relax the rules yeah so anyone can join basically yeah. so we get introduced to a couple of characters the main one obviously is mahoney and he's kind of fucking mahoney the... i hate mahoney do you hate mahoney or you hate steve gutenberg i don't know steve gutenberg <laughs> so i'm gonna say i hate mahoney okay well i do know steve gutenberg personally yeah okay um <laughs> we go to church together and he's all right. He's all right. Mm-hmm. He's, he's um, Mahoney's a bit of a dick. The character Mahoney is a bit of a dick. Yeah. But he's a lovable dick, isn't he? Is he? He's a cocky misogynist. <laughs> I'm not a fan. Banter! <laughs> <laughs> um, so St- Steve Gutenberg is the main guy in 
Police Academy, in the Police Academy franchise, but he's only in four of the movies. He is and he's not. He doesn't really get any more or less screen time than most of the other ensemble. Yeah. But he is kind of first build and... He's he was the big name. He was the draw. What had he done prior to that? Because uh, obviously he jumped ship from this franchise to make Three Men and a, a Baby. Yeah, which was insanely profitable. Yeah. Um, when did Short Circuit come out? Oh, I can't. Remember was that the pre or post nineteen eighty four? Oh, post, I believe. Okay. I think it, I, I want to say late eighties because I believe the sequel was like nineteen nineties. Early nineties. Eighty nine ish, maybe ninety. I remember I had a big VHS know. of that. But. Yeah, so it's Steve Gutenberg, and it, you, you, this movie starts with introducing us to a bunch of misfit outcast characters. Mm-hmm. You've got Barbara, who's being bullied, Leslie yeah, Barbara. Was Barbara only in the first one? Yeah, Barbara That's was only so in the first strange. one. strange. Um, he joins the police academy. You've got, obviously, we spoke about Mahoney, mm-hmm. and he's because he's a bit of a rogue, he works at a car parking lot and parks the car puts it on two wheels and then goes to the police. The, for some reason, the police captain interviews criminals personally. Mm-hmm. It was like, You're, you've been a bad boy. You've <laughs> naughty. Been a, naughty Gutenberg. <laughs> um, go and join the police. So, because that's the solution. Yeah, so that's his punishment. It's jail or 14 weeks training at a police academy. So the, jail or the opposite of jail. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Enforcer of law or criminal. Um, and I think that Actually, that would work quite well. I think we should introduce that. In. <laughs> we should like start enacting that in real yeah, life. Yeah, if someone does a crime, you'd be like, right, you're police now. I think that's what they do anyway. Who's better it? than to get into the mind of a criminal? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's like a Dexter thing going on. Um, so you get a bunch of Do you know what? I haven't written many of the characters down, so I'm just going to go okay. off the top of my head. We've got, obviously, the characters in the first movie. You've got yeah. the synonymous ones with Police Academy. with Tower. Yeah, you've got Hightower, you've got uh, Jones. Jo- Larville Jones, who I only just realised his name was Larville. Really? Yeah, I never knew that before <laughs> researching for this episode. Callahan. Callahan and Hooks, Hooks and Tackleberry. Tackleberry, of um, Captain Harris. Okay, um, I hate Captain Harris. I know you do. <laughs> and that's it for the first movie, more or less. And the, well, Lassard. Oh, of course, Commandant Eric Lassard. Yeah, I forgot because there were so many, many, many cast members. I completely (laughs) forgot about Eric Lassard. Um, So they're kind of joining the police academy. Hijinks ensue. Movie ends. Police Academy 2? There's a semblance of a plot. What is it? Oh, Jonesy has a shave. I might immediately have to walk back that comment. (laughs) But you got, so each character, right? They're, they've got they're super layered. They've all got. <laughs> the, basically, Tackleberry's character is he loves guns. Yeah, they all have one attribute yeah. and only one. Yeah, Hooks um, is softly spoken until she's not. She's the silent Bob of this franchise. Yes, and then you've got Callahan, who is like a stern kind of police officer with boobs. With boobs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I forgot. She's got two character traits. Yeah. <laughs> Um, who else we've got? Captain Harris, who is under Lassard, and he doesn't really like Lassard. He's trying to sabotage him. He wants the big job with the mm-hmm. desk. And is that it? Hightower is really big. Big, big, strong. Big guy. Yeah, big uh, dude. Jones, noises. Mouth guy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the characters. Yeah. Um, Leslie, as we mentioned earlier, Leslie Barber is kind of bullied a bit. 
And, oh, Fackler. And Fackler. Clumsy. Who, Fackler is clumsy. And I would say Fackler's maybe the most forgettable character. Yeah, since really... we forgot him until yeah. just that moment. He doesn't really say much, but... And then he disappears from the franchise for a bit and then just without fanfare returns for yeah. one film. Yeah. So, what is the plot of this movie? I don't know. What I do know <laughs> is that the producer, Paul Maslansky, who probably made bank off this franchise... Yeah. Um, got the idea for it while he was producing the right stuff because a group of um, police cadets turned up to assist with um, crowd control during the filming. And when they kind of piled out of the vans or whatever, he was struck by the fact that they were like wildly diverse. Yeah, And he thought visually that was quite funny. Hmm. Um, and to quote him, he said they were fumblingly inept. Yeah, um, And so... Okay. That's where the idea came from. I heard this too. Okay. And I, I heard that he had also approached someone who knows about this stuff and was <laughs> like, oh, why are we recruiting people that have got no discernible skills into the police force? Mm-hmm. And, and they said, oh, it's this weird like legislation thing. Basically, we try and get them to quit. We try and get them to wash out, um, which amused me. Okay. Interesting. What's the second plot point that ChatGPT gave you? Well, it's the second plot point. It basically just says among applicants is Kerry Mahoney. I didn't realise his first <laughs> name was Kerry. Kerry Mahoney, yeah. yeah. He's a troublemaker who is forced to join the academy after getting arrested, which we've covered that already. Yeah, and so, he meets Jonesy. And he meets Jonesy, yeah, and then they kind of join together. Mm-hmm. Uh, point number three, Mahoney clashes with the Academy's instructors, especially the strict and no-nonsense Lieutenant Thaddeus Harris. Thaddeus? Thaddeus, His yeah. name is Thaddeus Harris. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, befriends several other misfits, including the gentle giant Moses Hightower and the gun-obsessed Eugene Tackleberry. Oh, 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 yeah. Mahoney also falls for fellow cadet Karen Thompson, who's oh, determined to prove herself as a capable police officer. Yeah. Kim Cattrall's in this movie, well, for half of it, until she forgot she was in a movie. <laughs> and then she just sort of disappears. She does come back in the end. They have a snog at the end. Yeah, she comes, she joins. She doesn't like Mahoney because he's a creep. And then she's like, hang on, maybe I do like Mahoney. I'm wearing some little shorts and then I'm going to disappear for a bit. And I'm going to come back at the end. I'm going to kiss Stephen Gutenberg, never return to the franchise <laughs> again. And then a decade later, do Sex in the City. Mm-hmm. Um, she was all right, though. Well, in Police Academy? Yeah. She's fine. Yeah. She was all right. Apparently, she's very proud of her role. Is she? Yeah. Yeah, good. <laughs> so the cadets go through a series of grueling and often ridiculous training exercises, including crowd control and driving tests. So yeah. the crowd control bit is where Hooks finds her voice and just shouts at people. And she, yeah, that catchphrase is discovered. Which one? Um... Oh, God. <laughs> that really memorable one. <laughs> you know. You know the one. I know the one. Something about don't move dirtbag. Don't move dirtbag. Something like that. Yeah, that's it? it. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> um, as they train, the cadets also face off against a gang of local crims who are causing chaos in the city. So that's towards the end of the movie, really. They go through their training. Well, they, they all follow the same kind of pattern, though, don't yeah, they? Like pretty the, much. The, the big... And I'm putting this in quotation marks... The, the high stakes bit <laughs> is always the final 20 minutes of the film. Yeah. Almost always. Yeah. Um, with the exception of like maybe uh, Miami Beach, where that's introduced fairly early on. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, there's a plot in, in uh, a song in Miami I Beach. I didn't hate it. No, I don't hate it. We'll get to it. 
So Mahoney gets kicked out at some point yeah. and then loads of crime happens. And as, a, <laughs> what, as a direct result of him being kicked out? Yeah, people are just livid. They had, <laughs> Rioting in the streets. Yeah. Um, but then the cadets have to ship off to go and fight this crime wave mm-hmm. and Mahoney sneaks onto the bus. Um, fast forward to the end, he gets shot out a bit and <laughs> is the super main hero person that mm-hmm. saves the day. Um, well, actually, no, he's not, because I would say Hightower is because Mahoney goes to save the day, but oh, yeah. he gets caught. He does. And Hightower comes With up. With Captain Harris. With Captain Harris, yeah. And uh, Hightower comes up and, and punches the baddie. How many times during this episode are you going to do that? <laughs> Loads. <laughs> Loads. Did you know that this film was the seventh highest grossing movie of 1984. I did not know that. That's nuts. That is nuts, yeah. It's not good enough. Um, I have I have more facts. Uh, what, for the first movie? For the first All movie. Right. I have a lot of facts. All right. <laughs> um, Marion Ramsey, I, I love, kind of love this, and it makes a lot of sense. Marion Ramsey based Hook's voice on Michael Jackson. Okay. Which, you know, that tracks. Very softly spoken. Yeah, yeah. Borderline creepy, (laughs) I'm going to say. Yeah. Um, This is the only one in the franchise that was given an R rating. Mm, Because boobs? Um, I assume so. And like some blowjob gags. Oh, yeah. The blowjob blowjob gags. Yeah. This film ends on a knob gag. That tells you everything you need to know. Yeah. Basically. Um, Yeah. uh, Marion Ramsey again. Hooks was, um, her character was originally written to be a larger lady. Mm who kind of loses weight and gets fitter during her training. Yeah. So throughout most of the movie, she's wearing a fat suit. Mm. But there are some shots of skinny Marion Ramsey, which is very confusing if you're paying close attention. Yeah. But I doubt anybody is paying very close attention to Police Academy. I didn't. I've never noticed that, I must admit. Um, I've got some casting facts, which I think you might find interesting. Oh, go on. Um, who, who auditioned for the role of Mahoney? Mahoney? There's a fucking laundry list of people. Um, Billy Crystal. Mm-hmm. Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks was the big one. I think it was sort of between Tom Hanks and Gutenberg from what, I've, from what I can gather. Okay. Um, I could kind of see that. They were quite similar at the time. Yeah. Um, Michael Keaton. Mm-hmm. Okay. I would, uh, no. Yeah, he did Mr. Mum instead. I don't care for that. Bill Murray. Yeah, that works. Do you think? Yeah. Okay. He's kind of Bill Murray character anyway, isn't he? From I suppose. And... A bit cheeky. Yeah. Uh, Judge Reynolds. Yep. <laughs> By that. Uh, Jerry Seinfeld. I heard about Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> I heard that the audition went terribly. Did it? Yeah. Wow. I don't really know what that means. It probably means that Seinfeld read the script like this. I can't say this. Maybe he, yeah, maybe he read it and was just like, this is terrible. This is the worst script I've ever read. Yeah. And bombed on purpose. Do you think he regrets it? I have no idea. Probably not. No. Nah, he's the richest comedian in the world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, and he did it without Police Academy. Absolutely. Um, Robin Williams, which I do, also don't love. All, a lot of these people are comedy giants, but yeah. I don't see them in this role. No. Um, we also have Bruce Willis, John Travolta, <laughs> and Rick Moranis. Okay. All for Mahoney. All for Mahoney. Bloody hell, they considered everybody. Yeah. Bruce <laughs> Any, Willis. Everybody who was anybody in the 80s was considered for that role. Okay. Rick Moranis would have been a very out there choice. Yeah. Better than Bruce Willis, though. Bruce Willis doesn't work at all. I 
I'm trying to think if he's done much comedy at all. Not on purpose. <laughs> oh, bless him. The last Die Hard movie was pretty funny. You make a good point. Um, and the last one is Commandant Eric Lassard was written with Leslie Nielsen in mind. <sighs> yeah. Which I, see I absolutely that. see. Yeah. I don't know, like that sentence there is ambiguous though, mm. because it was written with him in mind, but that doesn't mean he ever considered taking the role. No, they just based that character on his delivery. Yeah. Which, which totally tracks because it's deadpan and silly. But I said, I don't know, maybe, maybe Nielsen was just all cocked out at that point in his career. Maybe. Obviously. Roger Ebert, <laughs> enemy of fun. This entire franchise, in fact, has uh, an ongoing war with many, many famous many, critics. Many, many, <laughs> <laughs> um, But it's one of the few films that Roger Ebert gave zero stars to. <laughs> what? Police Academy 1? Yeah. Oh my God, what did he give Police Academy 7? Minus <laughs> 5. That's the thing. If you rate something at zero, you've got nowhere to go from there. That's true. That's true. He didn't consider that it would uh, ever spawn six more movies, I guess. Who did? <laughs> No one at the time. Paul Maslansky. Yeah. Well, he was hopeful. Yeah. Needed a new wing on his mansion, maybe. Yeah. Let's move on to Police Academy 2 then, because we've got seven movies to get through. Yeah. So, came out the year after, in 1985. Well, it they made, churned them out, like, one a year for a while, didn't they? It made so much money, that first movie, that, as you say, they just started to churn them out. And uh, Police Academy 2, the first sequel, their first assignment... Slightly bigger budget, 7.6 million. It grows to 115 million worldwide, so not as much as the first movie. That's but almost still double the budget. Yes, it's almost double the budget. Um, so it still made a lot of money, still did well. And the first point on the AI generated story <laughs> bullet point the sequel follows the original Police Academy graduates as they begin their first assignment as police officers. Okay. Which is true. Yeah. Again, factually accurate. Yeah, but not returning to this one, Leslie Barbara. Well, I don't understand. Why not? I know why. Oh. I watched a YouTube video last night. Apparently, he didn't like the script. Okay. His character at one point was meant to eat some cat shit, and he wasn't a fan <laughs> of that. Okay, So yeah. what they did is they kept that character in, and yeah. that's the, the Vinny character with the dog in the van. And right. he's eating the cereal and then there's cat shit in the cereal and he eats the cereal. Right. That was meant to be Barbara. I see. But he wasn't a fan of that and decided not to come back for it, which I totally understand. I respect that move. Yeah. But I think mostly everybody else is back from Yeah, from the first with movie. some with a couple of new additions. Actually, no Captain Harris in this one. There's a replacement. Oh god, Mauser. Captain Ernie uh, Commander Ernie Mauser, I believe. I hate Mauser way more than I hate Captain Harris. I yeah, Captain Harris, GW Bailey is way better. As that kind yeah. of um, enemy villain, stroke villain mm -hmm. character for sure. So next point, the city is facing a new threat from a gang of violent criminals led by the ruthless Zed and his henchman Sweet Chuck. Sweet Chuck. That's not true though, is it? He's not a henchman. Sweet Chuck's not a henchman. He's definitely not a henchman <laughs> in this movie. I think this is the first incorrect, or the first one I've noticed that's incorrect from the bullet points. Sweet Chuck is definitely victim of Zed and his yeah. gang. Yeah, because Zed is the, the leader of the gang. Yeah, sweet chuckies. I fucking love Mr. Zed. I'm sorry, like, when I was a kid, I was obsessed mm. with Bobcat Goldthwait in this role. Yeah. Which I don't know what that says about these movies, in that they appeal primarily to seven-year-olds. Yeah, oh, <laughs> definitely. Like, And that's why the ratings sort of went down I guess from 15. So. Like, well, yeah, R, I guess movie to hard R rating PG to PG-13s. Yeah. Um, yeah, so first movie with Mr. Zed, who would appear in the next... 
two movies after this, so mm-hmm. three in total, and Sweet Chuck. And I don't like this movie as much as the first one. I think it's quite a weak Police Academy movie. I remembered it being better than it was. Yeah. I was kind of struck by how, like, it's it's such a nothing burger of a movie. Like, yeah. So little happens. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's over. And I was really shocked by that. I don't yeah. know. I don't. Maybe I was sort of viewing these films through a rose-tinted lens. <laughs> <Were you? laughs> well, yeah, from my childhood, you know, just yeah. kind of viewing them a bit more fondly. Okay. Um, and I perhaps mistook it for having more substance than it does. <laughs> Do you... I don't know. Okay. I don't know. These gritty Police Academy movies. Also, I've just realised there's no Leslie Easterbrook in this one either. Is there not? No Callahan in, in the second one, I don't oh, think. I thought anyway. she was in all seven. No, there. I think there's only like three of... Maybe three of the main cast that were all seven. Oh, okay. Okay. I totally missed that one. Maybe there's there was... a lot of people that didn't come back for seven. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A bunch of people. Point number five the new precinct captain, Pete Lassard, is the bumbling younger brother of the original film's Captain Lassard and oh, is initially yeah. skeptical of the misfit officers. So they go over and help real police, basically. Yeah. Their first assignment. And some crime happens and they stop crime. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I've got, there's a point here. It says, along the way, the officers also deal with internal conflicts and rivalries, particularly between Mahoney and the by-the-book officer Vinny. What? Which one's Vinny again? Vinny's the one that ate the cat shit. He doesn't seem very by-the-book to me. (laughs) Based on that description. Eating cat shit is not in any book. Maybe a Dr. (laughs) Zeus book. (laughs) Despite the challenges, the officers eventually succeed in capturing Zed and his gang restoring order to the city. Isn't the climax of this movie in a cave or something? Basically, yeah. They have like this underground lair. Yeah. <laughs> they do have an underground lair. Don't Wait, it's in an old, isn't it an old zoo? I thought he was going to say in Alton Towers. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's an old zoo. Oh, you're right. It is an old zoo. Yeah. And they're just in, hiding in, the... in the, like the, the baboon enclosure or whatever. Yeah. It's made of stones. Sure. Yeah, this unspecified city that's definitely, definitely not Toronto. Well, the second one was shot in LA. <laughs> was it? Yeah, the first oh, one was shot in Toronto. Oh, that'll be why it costs so much more. Yes, I think you're right. I think all of the, almost all of that extra cost would have been LA. Yeah, costs, for sure. locations and that sort of thing. First one was shot in Canada, and I think most of them were, um, with the exception of one, obvious one. <laughs> Which and was not mission to Toronto. <laughs> wasn't mission to Toronto, no. Or mission to... Muscle Beach. <laughs> um, yeah, so a fact that I love is that um, Zed, obviously Bobcat Goldthwait and Sweet Chuck, Tim Kazarin, Kazarinski? Nailed it. Kazarinski? <laughs> I don't know. It's a Sunday and my uh, reading is not going well. Um, but they, yeah, they, they kind of are shown to hate each other yeah. throughout the movies, but they're really close friends in real life. Oh, uh, what, now? Still? Still. Oh, awesome. Which I love. Um, weirdly, Bill Paxton was considered for the role of Mr. Zed. Oh, just reading that in my notes, actually, as well. I enjoy that fact, but I can't picture it. No. He was good at kind of over-the-top comedy. If you sort of like um, think of stuff like Chet in Weird Science. Weird Science, yeah. So I can see how it could have worked, but I'm glad they went this I, way. I'm sure he would have done a good good job bill i don't there's not a bill paxton performance that i dislike i think he, mm. i think he was great but you can't really mr zed character is so bobcat bobcat goldthwaite that it's hard to imagine through. anyone else in that role mm. 
Apparently, um, yeah, Bill Paxton didn't want to do it because they wanted to lock him into multiple features. And he was like, I just right. don't want to be in seven Police Academy movies. <laughs> so I think he went and did the Alien 2 movie. Didn't right. you know that? Have you heard of that? Aliens? Alien 2? Alien 2. <laughs> Aliens, yeah. Little indie movie. I've never heard anybody call it Alien 2, but yes, <laughs> yeah. I'm familiar. Yeah, it's got more than one alien in it. Yeah. It has many, many, many aliens. <laughs> I mean... Is there much more to say about the second one? Like um, I say, it's just such a nothing movie. It's funny. I've written here, and this might be completely untrue, but it's interesting, <laughs> so I'm going to mention it. Okay. Um, it's the, the first movie with the character of Proctor. Oh, you love Proctor. <laughs> I know. I <laughs> love... That's why you want to talk about this. I would say, like, my, like Mr. Zed is great. I think Proctor might be my favourite character. You think? Yeah. I Judging from him. your reactions every time he was on screen, I know he was your favourite character. <laughs> he's just funny. He's just got that funny thing. And Captain, when he's with Captain Harris, not in this movie because it's Mauser, but when Captain Harris comes back into it in number four, I think. Yeah, Mauser was only there for two. Him and Captain Harris and Proctor, they're kind of... Um, their chemistry. Yeah. And the way that they bounce off each other, the straight man and the goofball. They're a good comedy double act. It's, yeah, it's like a Laurel and Hardy situation. Yeah. And they do it very well. I think Captain Harris is great as well. But yes, apparently, I've written down here, Jerry Seinfeld auditioned for Proctor. And as well? We, yeah. We mentioned about the Mahoney for number one. Um, oh, no. I don't, I don't like him for either of those roles. No, no, no. I was very happy with the Proctor we got. <laughs> He wasn't the proctor we wanted, but he was the proctor we deserved. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you either you either die a proctor or live, live long enough to see yourself become a, a proctor. Seinfeld. All right. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Nailed it. There we go. Any any other trivia for police Not academy? Not for two, no. Number two. Because there was very little online because it's shit. <laughs> okay. Okay. It's one of the worst ones, I think. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. We'll get to our ranking later. Okay. Moving on then mm-hmm. to Police Academy numero trois. The jet ski one. The jet ski one. Back in training. Yeah. Mr. Because Z. they were so shit. Yeah. Um, Mr. Zed is a good guy now. Kinda, yeah. He's in the police. All police are good guys. <laughs> yeah, all right. Let's not get into that this season. Do you know, I was considering calling this um, one of the names for this limited series that were on cops. Our theme's cops mm-hmm. this season, obviously. I was considering... Fuck the police as a, <laughs> a potential name. Fuck the popo. We might get sued by um, NWA. Tinky Winky, Dipsy Lala, and Popo. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so Mr. Zed is in the police now. He's trying to kind of, he's rehabilitated, I believe, is the, the word. Phrase it, yeah, he's on the movie. way to being rehabilitated. Yeah. He wasn't a very good villain. He was a terrible villain. In fairness, he yeah. wasn't—he wasn't an effective criminal. No, no. And again, we've got Captain Mauser with Proctor in this one. Yeah. Um, and then it's back in training. There's kind of two. There's two police academies now. You've got Mauser's police academy, and you've got the Sard's police academy. Mm-hmm. And they announce we're only going to have one. Like we didn't know there were two police academies until police no, they do. This this element yeah. was not introduced until <laughs> movie number three. It's almost like they gave it no thought and just tried to <laughs> go back and, and rewrite it. Um, but yeah, so two rival police academies: one Mauser, one Malassad. Mauser's one is very much like they've got the the Berets on their heads, and it's like a military thing. He likes to be called Commander. You've got the Japanese character that initially joins Mauser's oh, academy yeah. in this, and there's some. Some unpleasant... Apparently, he was written as an Indian character initially. Oh, really? 
Okay. Yeah, because there's that scene where it's like revealed that he's sleeping on a bed of nails. And oh that's yeah, not something that's typically associated with Asian culture. Yeah, I guess I haven't thought of that. Um, yeah, so it was it was a bit of a there's a bit of racism going on there. I mean, look, I'm I'm not saying this is like the most problematic franchise to ever exist because it's not, but although I think it's quite well meaning. There is a lot of like borderline racism, homophobia, misogyny kind of through peppered throughout these films. Yes, I feel like that gets less and less as we go on in the franchise. Um, Slightly, but there yeah. are some. I, I will say that I was worried about that during this rewatch, but it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going same, to be. Same. There is some stuff that you just wouldn't put in a movie today. Mm-hmm. Like you said, I don't think it, any of it is malicious. It doesn't come across as malicious, just a bit um, clumsy, I guess, clumsy yeah, dialogue. Yeah, I get the impression it was quite well-meaning. Because if yeah. anything, like the the kind of principal core cast, yeah. by definition, mm. is very diverse. Yeah. Like that was the whole point. Yeah. Anybody can join up. Um, so actually, I think it's quite a nicely diverse representative yeah cast and and the only people that are doing the racism and the homophobia and the misogyny with the exception oh, of Mahoney, yeah. are the villains and they yeah. all get their come up comeuppance whether it's a uh, head in a horse's ass or getting <laughs> oh, God. stuck to a car park barrier or, or <laughs> eyebrows being removed <laughs> yeah there was that one line in the first movie actually where um i think it was actually captain harris yeah. who said a very um ugly word yeah to hawks and there was a part of me that was like, oh, like I had a visceral kind of yeah. shocked reaction to it, but then backed off a little bit because that's being condemned yeah. in the film. Yes. Like everybody else is like, you fuck with what have you said? Yeah, exactly. And they're, they're the idiot of the scene. And, yeah. And they, they are the ones that get... Um, We're laughing at him. We're not laughing yeah, at the thing exactly. that he said. Yeah, exactly. So a bit clumsy, mm-hmm. but... Not the worst. For the Actually, 80s, it could have been a lot worse. For the 80s, there are way worse franchises and movies what? than this. I mean, we rewatched. well, you had a first time watch of 16 Candles recently. Yeah. yeah. That was so much worse than I remembered. Yeah. So, Police Academy 3 then, um, with the racism aside, mm-hmm. I actually think that this is my favourite Police Academy movie. This is the one that I've seen the most. Same. Same. Two and three were the ones and that I, I watched the most as a kid. I think it's the Zed factor. I think it's because Mr. Zed is in the police with Sweet Chuck. So you get that dynamic going. Yeah. And you get way the more Zed couple. stuff. The odd couple, yeah. You get way more Zed stuff. He's just screaming at people and making them fall <laughs> off their jet skis. It's never not funny. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. Well, I don't know. We'll get to the fourth movie. Oh, yeah. Um, But yeah, so rival academies... Obviously, Lassard's Academy is going to be victorious, mm-hmm. and they are. Um, but towards the end of the movie, there's actually a crime about to happen in the last fifteen minutes yeah, of the movie, as, as there always is. <laughs> yeah. uh, and one of the one of the cadets sees a, a crime in progress at some rich person gala, some sort charity, of yacht club, yacht club, yeah, you know, wearing a wank <laughs> fucking rich tosser. Hashtag eat the rich. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then the police come to rescue someone what was kidnapped. Was it Lassard? On jet skis. Was Lassard kidnapped? What am I thinking of five? He's, he was kidnapped in five. Yeah, okay. No one was, no one was kidnapped. 
I don't think anyone was kidnapped okay. in three. But there's a boat chase. <laughs> they get on jet skis. Yeah. They catch the criminals. Mm-hmm. Tackleberry is in it a bit. Tackleberry comes up from the water with a gun. That's his character in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's basically all of these movies, you'll find that they're just kind of recycling jokes a lot of the time. And that's fine. And that sort of lends itself to what you're saying about them being comfort movies as well, because yeah. you know what you're getting. You've oh, seen, absolutely. It's the same plot every time. Yeah. You've basically. seen one Police Academy movie. You've seen all the Police Academy movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wish that could have been our show. We watched the first one, so we've seen them all. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and blindly trying to pretend that we've uh, watched <laughs> the others. Could have saved ourselves nine hours. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's, um, there's a an interview snippet that I found. Um, Steve Gutenberg was interviewed with this film in mind. And I don't know how I feel about this. Mm-hmm. Because he says, uh, my position is to be the protagonist, someone the audience can identify with. In Police Academy, they're not going to say they're Bubba Smith. They're not going to be Michael Winslow with the noises. They have to look at me and say, yeah, that's me. What, is, what does that mean, that sentence? It's I didn't... goth. It's a t- Firstly, it's total <laughs> word salad. Secondly, I'm troubled by the fact that he named two of the only black cast members. Yeah. Because why wouldn't people see themselves in those characters? Is it that he's supposed to be more of an everyman i don't see myself as a cocky misogynist <laughs> i'd rather be a hightower or a jones uh yeah i you can be hightower so you can get things off shelves and i'll okay. be jones yeah so i can <laughs> i don't know make noises with my mouth yeah distract people yeah um already more useful than mahoney yeah i don't know i just thought it was a really strange thing to say yeah and i didn't really understand what he meant either so yeah, it Weird. does sound a little bit like it comes from a place of prejudice, maybe, just because he maybe. named those two mm, cast members. Yeah, maybe, maybe. We don't know. We don't. Um, so initially, this wasn't going to be a PG. Okay. I don't think that was the attention from the out- intention from the outset. Mm. Um, so there were some cuts made to um, references of like um, racial and sexual slurs. Probably for the best. Which, yes, absolutely for the best, but does kind of make me second guess how well-meaning yes. the makers were. Yeah, so they only removed that stuff. So they to get, get a lower rating, which presumably yeah. the studio had asked for. Yes. Um, and yeah, coarse language as well, which is, that's fine. We yeah. like a swear. Yeah. But the other stuff, not so much. Um, and another feud <laughs> with a critic was uh, was born. <laughs> Um, this time, famous critic Leonard Moulton. Um, this film was notable because it was the only one in the franchise that he didn't give a zero star rating to. Okay. Which is fair. If you're going to give it anything, if you're going to give one of them more than a zero star rating, yeah. I'm glad it's this one. So what you're saying is that this is also Leonard Moulton's favourite police film. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm just looking at my notes for this one as well. And they're referring to Captain Harris, who is not in this one. Oh, so you're saying this is more stuff that AI got wrong? This is more stuff that AI got wrong, yeah. Is it applicable to Mauser? Yes, yes. Yeah, so okay. they're just referring to Captain Harris when what they actually mean is Commander Maus AI. <laughs> I mean, effectively, Mauser was just yeah. a Harris proxy. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, but it's okay, AI. You're still young. You're learning. It's fine. You mean well. You mean well. Yeah, we're here for you. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, quick tidbit then before we move on. Yeah. The Japanese character, Brian Tochi. Uh, he looked like a Brian. He looked like a Brian. Apparently, he voiced Leonardo 
in the first three Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle live action movies. The first, wait, the first three? Mm-hmm. There were three? <laughs> there were three, yeah. How do you not notice? I, I've only seen two. This so you, blows my mind. So you've got Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, Secret of the Ooze, right? Sure. And then you've got Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3, for some reason we're in feudal Japan. This is the title I Some vague time travel shenanigans. You're fucking with me. I promise you, I'm not. I actually read the graphic novel before I watched the movie of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3. I'm going to be buying the trilogy on Blu-ray, so you've got that to look forward to. Are you fucking with me? No, I'm not. And they said... Is this the Mandela effect happening right now? No, no, it's got nothing to do with it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, let's move on to four because we've got to get this out of the way. (laughs) We've got three more to get through. This is a strange one. And then our final thoughts and, and wrap up. So, yeah. We've got four more to get through. Oh, Haven't yeah. we? Oh, yeah. I'm an accountant. <laughs> <laughs> not, not a very good one. <laughs> no. So, Police Academy 4, as you said earlier, Citizens on Patrol. We're still doing one a year at this point. Came out in 1987. I've written a budget down. It's, it's 17 million. I'm not sure that's correct, you know. That seems like but an awful ha- lot of money. Like, I think 10 of that probably went to Sharon fucking Stone. Why was Sharon Stone in a Police Academy movie? I don't know. Why was Kim Cattrall in a... Please get me. I buy that Why way Ron... more than Sharon Stone. Yeah, I, yeah, I suppose so back then as well. Um, seventeen million gross, seventy-seven million worldwide. So that number is definitely shrinking, but still made made a fair amount of money enough yeah. to justify its budget anyway. And I think you're right. I think a lot of that seventeen million would have been cast. There were so many people in this that yeah. I genuinely struggled to keep track. Well, and you, you're bringing people back as well. You're bringing back G.W. Yep. Bailey. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's probably uh, asked for more money and maybe it was part of the reason that he wasn't in 2 and 3 as well. Yeah, So maybe, maybe they were like, do you know what? It's the fourth movie. Let's get everyone, let's get the band back together and let's just play. <laughs> I imagine Mahoney, um, Steve Guttenberg made quite a few quid in this. Although it's not really in it much. This is... Out of the four that Nobody, he's in, nobody's in it much because is there least. is so many people in this film. Yeah, no, and and not least, um, David Spade. Um, David Spade. Da- Spade. David Spade. <laughs> David, <laughs> David Spade and Brian Backer and Tony Hawks. Tony Hawk. No, he's called Tony Hawk. Oh, just no S. There's only one of them. <laughs> Tony Hawk, singular. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But he's the the the, the he's the uh, the skateboard guy. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, all of the stun doubles were from the Bones Brigade. Oh. Which you now know about because I made you watch Lords of Dogtown. Yes, uh, I definitely remember that movie. <laughs> well, the Bones Brigade was um, Stacey Peralta's brainchild. Mm. Um, his kind of skate crew. God, I've never sounded more white or middle-aged <laughs> in all my life. Um, but yeah, Stacey Peralta worked as a second unit director on this film. Okay. How strange. That is strange. Um and Tony Hawk was um, supposed to be David Spade's stun double. Yeah. And I did watch a YouTube video that cited that he was David Spade's stun double. Okay. But then I also found some trivia that said he was replaced because he was too tall. Mm. He is so, too tall for Spade. But David Spade could skate. Oh, okay. So he didn't need a double. Um, well, for the more kind of outlandish stuff, right. I imagine. And he, apparently he was quoted as saying he was very nervous to skate in front of all the other pro skaters that were yeah, there. I can understand that. Yeah. But it was also David Spade's film debut. Oh, okay. Police Academy 4. Yeah. He didn't come back for any others. He which, is, which, it was such a weird thing to introduce so many new characters because we had those two 
and House. Was this the first one with House? House, on? yeah, who was like cousin of Hightower or something. He was only or there for two movies, Hightower. I believe. Yeah. He's, no, he was in six, wasn't was he? he? Yeah, I believe so. Oh, so maybe two or three. Um, but yeah, so you've got a bunch of skateboarding stuff in this, which they abandoned quite quickly because they made a big thing of it in the beginning. Like there was, we, I mean, we're I'm, doing some skateboard stuff here, guys. I'm and guessing then, skateboarding was just very cool at the time and they were like, how can we write this in and appeal to the kids? Do you think it was such a short-lived uh, fad that they started off <laughs> the movie, shooting the movie, and skateboarding was really popular. And then two weeks into the shoot, it just it was already out of vogue. So they were like, "Oh fuck!" Yeah, back to the uh, back to the drawing board. Maybe, maybe. So the second unit was all the skateboard stuff. That makes sense because mm-hmm. there was a, a fair amount. There was some really long skateboarding stuff in the beginning, and I thought, yeah. "Am I watching a, a music video? What's going on?" <laughs> well, it was strange that they did kind of abandon that plot point because it felt like it was being introduced for a reason. Yeah. Uh, but no, 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 no just skateboarding <laughs> is, oh, uh, these pesky kids are doing skateboards. Skateboards. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're doing their skateboarding again and yeah. they're being antisocial and riding around a bit. Yeah, through a Toronto Join a police academy. Yeah. So the fourth instalment of a police academy franchise is the original graduates team, teaming up with a group of civilians to form a citizens police academy program. A bit like the first movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but this time it's delinquents on skateboards and an old yeah. lady who likes guns. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> and she kind of teams up with Tackleberry because he also likes guns. So Does he? they become best friends. Oh, that, that's not been a prevalent plot point until now. <laughs> <laughs> no, she was kind of my favourite. If I'm being honest, I think she was underused and I was sad that she didn't come back. Yes. Going back to David Spade for a second. (laughs) Yeah. According to um, a snippet from Gutenberg's own biography, which I shit you not, is called the Gutenberg Bible. Really? Oh my God. (laughs) For somebody who's reportedly so religious, is kind of a bit sacrilegious (laughs) to, to name your biography the Gutenberg Bible. Is it? I thought. I don't think I, God would like that. Do you? You, you don't know that. <laughs> I don't think he'd like to see a cross. To be honest, <laughs> my son died on that. <laughs> That's a Bill Hicks joke. I'm stealing that. <laughs> but apparently, um, Gutenberg took David Spade under his wing during shooting in Toronto, and he bought him an expensive Rolex watch. Okay. Which sounds a lot to me. Like Steve Gutenberg may or may not have tried to groom David Spade. <laughs> Okay. I, wonder... I, won't, I won't comment further on that. No, no let's not. Um, okay, that's strange. I wonder why he never returned. <laughs> Both yeah, of them. Yeah, neither of them. <laughs> killed their yeah. police academy career. Um, it's also the last police academy movie to feature the famous Blue Oyster Bar. Is it? Yeah. Okay. See, I remember that being in every movie. No. Nope. Um, so I was surprised to not see it, in, with the exception of five and maybe seven. I guess. Well, and yeah, obviously yeah. wouldn't be in five or seven. No. <laughs> There's just, I don't know, what, what would Russian be for the Blue Oyster Bar? Maybe they had a version. Uh, maybe. But yeah, no more homophobia after this. I can't promise that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there was almost certainly still some homophobia. Yeah, probably a little bit. But no leather daddies after movie four. Um, interestingly... Proctor, your favourite, is the only character to be demoted. Okay. I don't remember that. <laughs> well, apparently in um, Police Academy 3, he was a captain. Was he? Apparently. Captain Proctor? Apparently. That was a huge mistake. <laughs> which, I is why, which is why in film four, they demoted him to lieutenant. Uh, I would have I would have promoted him. 
Would you? Yeah, just for fun. Just I'd like to just if if I knew Proctor, I would employ him <laughs> just as to have a bit of a laugh, see what he does. I mean, he was pretty entertaining as a lieutenant, so yeah. we didn't lose anything by his demotion. I suppose so. It doesn't matter what his rank is. Could have made him the mop guy. Um, and finally, Sharon Stone marks... Um, yeah, I forgot she was in this <laughs> Marks the only entry in this franchise um, to feature an Oscar-nominated actor. Really? You, you sound surprised. Uh, Are yeah. you shocked that it's not chock-a-block with an Oscar-nommed yeah, no, stars? I, I was almost certain that Gutenberg um, was nominated <laughs> for Cocoon. <laughs> Over Wilfred Brimley? How <laughs> dare you? <laughs> yeah, Wilfred got... Um, Best actor and Gutenberg was nominated for supporting actor. Oh, I see. I haven't that seen that sense. movie since 1987. <laughs> um, are we still on Police Academy 4? We are. God. So, we talk, Sharon. Let's talk quickly about the hot air balloons and movies. Well, on, I was we? I was going to say to you, out of your ways of remembering these movies, what was your what was your tagline for remembering these movies? It was movie? the hot air balloon one. Okay. But because there's so much going on, it could have been the skateboarding one and I would still have known, but then I would have forgotten that there yeah. were hot air balloons at the end. Is this also the one where Captain Harris falls in a drum? Because I really <laughs> like that one. I don't remember that. I remember <laughs> Harris and Proctor being in some sort of falls. Like, they were in peril right at the end, weren't they? They were in the water. Were they? They had to be saved. Oh, and yeah, what yes. happens in this yes. one? It's insane. Yeah, they do some peril in, in a couple of movies, actually, those two. Yeah, but apparently, um, I think it was this one anyway, because I did read somewhere that... Um, they didn't know each other very well at this point. Obviously, it's the first movie where we get the Paris yeah. and Proctor team up. Yeah. But that sort of being in peril yeah. in that situation that was actually quite frightening for them sort of forged a friendship oh, in real life. Oh, isn't that lovely? Isn't that cute? Yeah. And I, they really worked. Like I said earlier, I, I didn't enjoy the Mauser character, although he's no. in my favourite Police Academy movie. If you would have put uh, Captain Harris in that role... It might be a that would have been movie. leagues ahead of yeah. all the others. Yeah, it'd be a five star movie. Um, yeah, but there there were actually some moments involving like legitimate stunts at the end of this. I would say. Yeah, what, with the balloon stuff. Yeah, yeah, and the planes and didn't Tackleberry? Who's like r- repelling down a fucking hot air balloon? Who's <laughs> <laughs> nuts? Yeah. Oh, do you know what? I've just realised where the seventeen million pounds come dollars <laughs> insurance insurance. Yeah. <laughs> Right, have we got any any more trivia for number Not four? Not for four, no, I'm ready to move on. <laughs> okay, let's get on to Police Academy 5, Assignment Miami Beach. This one lives in my head. Um, do you like this one? I do like this do one. You? I've got a lot of time for this one. This is uh, feels like a ridiculous statement to make, oh, no. but almost feels like the silliest Police Academy movie. I would say the stuff with the... Um, with Lassard getting kidnapped and thinking it's a stitch up. Yeah. It's most it's genuine um or approaching yeah. genuine comedy gold. Yeah. Just because Lassard's delivery was is always it's impeccable. It's great. It's so deadpan and he's perfect. But yeah, it's most slapstick, I would say. So we're still doing one a year again, 1988, 14 million budget, so slightly less than the last one, and it grows 55 million, so still shrinking. Oh yeah. At box office. Diminishing returns. Um, my first note reads, the fifth instalment of the Police Academy franchise sees the original graduates travelling to Miami Beach for a police convention. Mahoney is once again the central character. No. And many of the other original graduates are absent or have reduced roles. Chat GBT. Yeah, I know. It's You're okay. Us. No, no, no. It's okay. 
It's okay. You'll learn. <laughs> you don't have to be so nice in the <laughs> the risk that they'll hear us and Skynet will happen. I think that's on the cards anyway. Listen, like I said, I'm an ally. Can't speak for Sarah. <laughs> hey, I welcome our robot overlords. <laughs> I'm down. <laughs> How can I serve you, master? <laughs> um, yeah, so they ChatGPT unfortunately said that Mahoney is in this. Yeah. Um, Steve Guttenberg isn't in this. But it might, <laughs> might it, as well be. They, I feel like they wrote this for, with Gutenberg in mind. Oh, I think they did. He didn't come back and they just thought, oh, do you know what? Let's just call that character Nick and yeah. make him Lassard's nephew. Oh, I'm positive that's what happened. Yeah. I mean, he is basically just Steve Gutenberg reskinned. Yeah, basically. But he's Miami Gutenberg. He's Miami Miami Mahoney. Miami Mahoney. And this is okay. the this is the post Mahone period, isn't it? <laughs> to steal your steal your joke. Yeah. <laughs> Pre and post Mahoney. Yeah. So no Mahoney, but Nick is here and we're in Miami. And yeah. uh, we're doing, we're, we're following some criminals early on in this movie. They're setting up, trying to set up plot, as you said yeah, earlier. Yeah, one of the few Boys Academy yeah. movies to, to thread the plot through from minute one. And they're doing a heist. They're, I guess, mafia, some vague Italian yeah, <laughs> crime. Yeah, who hired the three most bumbling idiot crooks yeah. to steal some diamonds. They steal the diamonds. They're, they're now tasked with getting those diamonds to their boss. Mm-hmm. Accidentally swap bags with Lassard at the airport. Lassard's got the diamonds. Goldfish. <laughs> they get the goldfish. Yeah. The, do you know the goldfish is called Birdie? Is it? Because. It, oh, sorry. Because was it? That goldfish is dead now. That goldfish is definitely dead. That's sad. Um, I, it all, almost certainly was not the same goldfish throughout this uh, no. franchise as well. It's probably uh, birdie number 17 yeah. by this point. Um, but yeah, because he, he, Lassard loves golf so much. Oh, oh, okay. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. It's better than calling it bogey, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That could have been funnier. Or on par. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. What's your fish called? Four! <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so we're in Miami. There's a police convention. Lassard is being honoured. Oh, because they want him to super retire. Super police man. They want him to retire. But he doesn't want to. He's he doesn't, sad about that. No, he's sad about it. But he, he decides to go to the convention, make the most of it, um, and then just hit some people in the knackers with some <laughs> golf clubs accidentally. Yeah. And drop some golf balls that make people slip over. <laughs> um, and he eventually gets kidnapped because the criminals are trying to find the diamonds that he's holding on to unknowingly. Yeah, and they've been as inept as the police at this point yeah. and just kind of go, fuck it, let's just take him hostage. Yeah. Nothing else has worked. But 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 Lassard thinks that it's part of the the, the celebration. He thinks that yeah. it's like a role play thing where they're pretending to kidnap him. So he's into it. He's like, oh, thanks for honouring me. Like, I love it. Like, And he's kind of tutoring the kidnappers and saying, no, 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 you don't want to go down to the lobby. <laughs> You should go. You should take me up to the to the um, to the roof level and demand mm-hmm. a helicopter. And they're like, "Hey, that's a good idea." <laughs> <laughs> so he's he's doing his Lassard thing, which works well in this in this movie. And um, the police academy cadets decide to uh, or try and hatch a plan to rescue Lassard. Mm-hmm. Captain Harris pretends that he's in charge and sends them to do a thing, but fails at every. But deliberately turn. makes them um, fail. And decides to try and take the glory, but in doing so, gets kidnapped himself along with Proctor. So it's uh, <laughs> Proctor, Harris, and Lassard 
what have been kidnapped uh, on a boat. And you know it's Miami because they've got one of those little boats with a big fan on the back. Of that's course. how you know it's Miami. And, and swamps. Any, yeah, any <laughs> movie that's set in Miami, you have to have swamps and a crocodile. What are they called, those boats? I'm going to have to look that up. It's just, they're called big old fan swamps boats. boats. <laughs> yep, yep, swamp mobiles. Yeah, yep. sure. Um, apparently, obviously we had Matt McCoy replacing Steve Gutenberg. Oh, Matt McCoy, that's his name, right. But at one point, the David Spade character was considered really? for that. Yeah, they were going to bring his character back Okay, and just put him in that role. That would have made more sense. It would have made more sense, but I think it would have been terrible. Yeah, yeah. Matt McCoy is at least an adequate stand-in for Mahoney, but not Mahoney. Yeah, agreed. This one's got some of my favourite jokes in. Does it really? Because it's the silliest. Yeah, it's... Okay, like what? I mean, what? I I'll really... be honest and say very quickly, one of my favourite moments is um, Proctor humming the Police Academy <laughs> tune. It's like, how oh, does he know it? He knows he's in the movie. <laughs> yeah. It's a weird meta moment. Yeah, like 25 <laughs> years before Deadpool. <laughs> yeah. Who did it first? <laughs> Police Academy. Proctor or Wales. Yeah. <laughs> I like the stuff with Captain Harris and Proctor. I know uh, you predictably. do. Yeah. So Captain Harris is on the beach and he uh, keeps moaning to people about getting out of his son. He moans to Nick. Nick doesn't care for it. So he grabs the suntan lotion and writes the word dork mm -hmm. on Captain Harris's chest. <laughs> and then everyone just calls him dork. Hey, dork. I mean, and they're that, not wrong. That makes me, for, that's such a simple childish gap. But <laughs> I just, I love Captain Harris. He's so serious and walking along. Um, so when he's humiliated, it just makes it even more funny to me. And then there's a bit at the bar where Captain Harris bit more. is trying to woo a young lady who's way too young for him and he's being a bit of a creep. And Proctor accidentally sets fire to his hat. <laughs> that's the best. <laughs> and then doesn't he dump a drink over it to put it out? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then you've got the whole Proctor doing the uh, jet skiing and stuff. And he's like, wave when you're ready. And he goes, yeah. hey, waves. And he, yeah, and, and he gets out of the water and he's got no bum. <laughs> he's got no bum on his, on his swimming trousers. He's still trousers. got a bum. <laughs> yeah. But it's now visible. <laughs> he's got no fabric on his bum. Yeah. yeah. Um, so apparently, um, Steve Gutenberg, obviously, as we've discussed, turned this down unceremoniously. Um, said he didn't want to do any more sequels. He was fully done with the franchise. And then two decades later, started whinging about how he regretted turning them down. And up until at least 2019, has still been banging on about there being an eighth police academy, mm. which has yet to come to fruition. Mm. I think there's a I think there's a much higher chance of the whole thing being rebooted yeah. than there is of a, like a legacy sequel. At th this point, I think they're leaving money on the table by not reintroducing this franchise. You know, Do you think? yeah, well, I, I guess it did make decent money at the time. We'll, we'll get to number seven and the failure of that movie, um, in a little bit, but I don't think this you could do an eighth movie. I think maybe just a, a short, limited season comedy show might be the way to go for that, you know, what? just like half hour, get your knob gags in and then get out. Did you know? I, I was surprised to learn this. I didn't know until I was um, doing my research. There were not one but two TV show spin-offs. Animated, yeah. Oh, were they? One, one, at least one of them was animated. Right. Yeah. Okay, that makes more sense then. Yeah, I didn't have a clue. Mm. Yeah, so I, I would watch a, a reboot or a number eight, but okay. I'm not sure many people would. No. <laughs> um, but I think I, they would have more success if they rebooted it in a kind of Twenty One Jump Street kind of a way. Yes, but. I, 
as an eighth movie, I don't think many people go to watch it. But if you do a, a legacy sequel, a kind of what, what do you call them? A reboot call? What's <laughs> what the children sure. call them? I don't know. Um, there's a way to do it and because you can make them so cheap mm-hmm. you can there you can make money from them but you've got to do it right you, the writing's got to be better you've got to, yeah you've I'll got to make it. it good so that people watch it and go oh wow this is way better than the original franchise mm-hmm. everybody let's watch police academy movies now until the end of time ron perlman's not here looking resentful and doing <laughs> a terrible russian accent this yeah. is brilliant yeah <laughs> we will get to that um also notable for being the last Oh no, the first movie, the first of the franchise that Drew Struzan didn't do the artwork for. Oh, right, okay. Because some of the original posters, yeah, I, I have, have a real um, fondness for actual artist renderings yeah. on posters rather than just like shitty Photoshop. Yeah, I agree. Um, so some, like they were all quite samey, mm. but I did very much enjoy the early posters. Yeah. And I hadn't really noticed until... I read that information, but there was kind of a decline after that point. They mm. would, they weren't as good. Um, but yeah, apparently artist Cole Ramsey was hired to do um, the poster for Five based on Drew Struzan's right. original concept. Okay. And also it was the last film to feature House. Oh, it was? It was, yeah. It was okay. only in the two. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, because didn't they drop him from a helicopter through a boat in this, in this movie? <laughs> Because he's massive. Yeah. Because he's a big fat guy. So let's make him do something funny, like Mm -hmm. drop him from a helicopter. I mean, nobody can accuse this franchise of being particularly progressive. No. Despite the uh, diverse cast. Yeah. Um, Are we done with Police Academy 5? I'm done, yeah. Right. (laughs) I'm very done. Although, very, very quickly, uh, yet again. So we're not done then? No, no, no. Yet again, another critic. (laughs) (laughs) Is it Pauline Gale? This time, Rex Reed. Uh, was quoted as saying, if they make another Police Academy movie, I'll leave the business. <laughs> <laughs> so in 1989, <laughs> um, he retired from... Paul Maslansky then was quoted as saying, Reed's one of the reasons I'm making Police Academy 5. <laughs> <laughs> Which I can respect that level of spite. Awesome. Um, and he said, I expect him to be a man of his word. But to Maslansky's disappointment, he was not. <laughs> oh, no. Well, one of those people have got integrity. I'm not saying much. <laughs> Um, it's not who you think it's going to be. <laughs> so let's move on to the penultimate movie in yep. this long list of movies that we're covering today. City Under Siege. Police Academy 6, City Under Siege. And what's your way of remembering this movie? Um, well, <laughs> major spoiler from the outset. Uh, the Sneaky Mare one. <laughs> the Sneaky Mare one, yeah. It's the Scooby-Doo one, basically. Yeah, it's got a, definitely got a Scooby-Doo vibe. I mean, he literally pulls a fucking mask off. Yeah, And he might as well have said, I would have gotten away with it too. Yeah. A few meddling police officers. <laughs> 12 million budget, 1989, did 33 million, apparently. Oh, okay, so lower budget this time. Yeah, slightly lower budget um, and... Lower box office again, mm-hmm. diminished returns oh, they, for this franchise. It did like each one made, made progressively less. less than the last, yeah. didn't it? Yeah. So the first note I've got here is the sixth instalment of the Police Academy franchise sees Mahoney, not Mahoney, but <laughs> still uh, me, and his fellow officers investigating a series of high-profile crimes in their city. So as you said, it's the sneaky mayor one. So mm-hmm. super spoilers for Police Academy Six, but anyone that's listening to this doesn't care or has seen <laughs> Police Academy. <laughs> If anybody at this point in time if we gives get, a shit about us spoiling any Police Academy movies, if, reevaluate your life, please. 
if we get one email complaining <laughs> that we spoil police Academy six, then I'm posting your email address online. Um, if we get if we get I'm that not doing email, that. <laughs> if we get an email with that complaint, I'll print it off and frame it yeah. for posterity. Um, so it's not Mahoney, but there is some crime happening, and there's, there's always some crime. Happening. I really like the criminals in this one. I thought they were funny. They're, one of them is a gun guy. Yeah, he's good at guns. <laughs> the other one is there. <laughs> and then they're doing water pistols at each other uh-huh. and they're robbing places and basically working for who we later find out is the mayor but is at this point called the mastermind and everyone's trying to find the mastermind and trying to crack this case i love the mayor yeah i've really got good. to say um i think the actor's name was kenneth mars yeah um but he i think this is probably the most i've laughed in any police academy franchise okay. the way he just like flubbed specific words yeah. and like fucked up his lines obviously he did it on purpose but that killed me yeah he was brilliant he was good and i'm sad he was only in the one film yes and proctor is in this one as well did i mention proctor's in this one we get fackler back oh fackler back in this one for some reason two. yeah which like it goes to show how forgettable he is because by the time he makes his return in six and starts walking around being you know his one identifiable trait clumsy yeah i was just like who's this guy <laughs> am i supposed to know oh right it's yeah. Fingers. yeah so forgettable but yeah uh billy bird who was m- one of my favorites in citizens on patrol as mrs stanwick the gun obsessed oh yeah yeah is back in this film but not as mrs stanwick i was so confused what is she not is she a different character yeah oh shit i didn't know that yeah she um Oh, no, she was Mrs. Feldman in Police Academy 4. Mrs. F, yeah. And she returns as Mrs. Stanwyck. Right, okay. <laughs> so, I mean, unless she married between those two She's films. the same. She is the same character, right? Maybe there were some rights issues. Maybe someone created that character and was like, it's my character, you can't use that, it's iconic. Or maybe she got married Yeah. in the intervening films, so now she's Mrs. Stanwyck. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, that, that was curious. I enjoyed this more than I thought I would. I sort of remember this one not being very good. Mm-hmm. And actually, it's probably in the in the top half of Police Academy movies. When you say not very good, um, and you, th- I don't know, I, I feel like it's important to note that we are discussing these films as a microcosm. Yeah. So when we say good and bad... <laughs> We're comparing it to the other movies. Yeah, this yeah. isn't necessarily indicative of any other movie in the world. Yeah. I, I, I never owned this one on okay. VHS. So it's one that I've not seen as often as some of the others. Mm-hmm. And I thought in my brain, for some reason, that's probably because I didn't enjoy it very much. Okay. But on reflection, um, I don't know. I don't know. I just, it was, I had way more fun with this one than I remember having as a kid. And actually quite liked it. I thought, well, actually, this was quite good, this one. And it... Like Police Academy. <laughs> yeah, again, we have to qualify <laughs> yeah. that statement. Um, but it's also the last film to feature your favourite pairing Captain yes. Harris and this is Lieutenant yeah. Proctor, presumably still. It's the last one with Proctor in it. Yeah. Which is a grave mistake. Because Proctor is Police Academy. <laughs> to you. <laughs> to me. <laughs> um yeah, I think it was a mistake. I think um Captain Harris, well, we'll we'll get to it when you talk about seven, but Captain yeah. Harris on his own is not nearly as effective. No, no, no he needs that buffoon to bounce off for yeah. sure. He needs his um Stan Laurel. Yeah. Definitely. Have I got that the right way around? Which one's Steve Coogan? <laughs> <laughs> I love your mixed references. Um, speaking of English comedians, that yeah. takes us nicely into this fact. Mr. Bean. No. 
Um, Rowan Atkinson is nowhere involved in okay. this. But at one at one stage, producers considered having the storyline revolve around the Academy graduates traveling to England. Yeah, it doesn't work. No, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't it was always shit. That. There was always a trope in 80s and 90s movies, wasn't it? it, it usually in sequels, they're like, let's go to England and have some Americans <laughs> doing a crappy English accent. <laughs> yeah. And it's all, all the jokes are based around the Queen's English. tea parties and the monarchy and stuff, you know. With the exception of um, National Lampoon's European Vacation, which is a masterpiece. <laughs> and Euro Trip, <laughs> where all the English people are just football hooligans. Are they? <laughs> Edited oh. up by Vinnie Jones. It could be a documentary. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so um, Richard Curtis and Ben Elton were approached with an offer to write the script for the sixth one, which they had in- initially uh, titled The London Beat. But the pair refused, saying they don't work to hire. And that may be the only time I've ha- been able to muster any respect for Richard Curtis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw it yesterday as well. Um, unfortunately. I do, I hate that. I, do you know what? The more, the more I think about it... I. Police Academy 6 is pretty good, by, as I said, by Police Academy standards. <laughs> I've been out and Richard Curtis one around about the time they were writing Blackadder. Mm. Could be something. I, I fully respect their decision to turn it down, though. I yeah. Think they are above it. Do you think so? No offence to Police Academy. I some don't know. Of, some offence to Police Academy. Richard I Curtis may it. love actually. No, I know. That's why yeah. I hate him. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, yeah. So, you got any Police Academy numero six trivia? Um, a couple of t- a couple of things. Um, the criminal organization behind the crime wave in the city is called the Wilson Heights Gang, which is a reference to Wilson Heights Boulevard, a street in the Downsview area of Toronto. Um, I guess is a nod to where the first handful were filmed. Yeah. Two aside, and they obviously they never state which American city the films take place in, but this movie offers a hint that it might possibly be supposed to be uh, New 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 York. Put my teeth back in. Yeah. Um, as the boss, Harris and Proctor commandeer during the climax, says 23rd Broadway on its destination site. Okay. It felt it felt kind of big apple to York-y. me. Yeah. Yeah. But obviously it's supposed to have been the same city the whole time. Yeah. With the exception of Miami. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. It's odd that they didn't name it or come up with a fictionalised city or something. Yeah. I guess so. But then that is to assume there was much thought put into these films. They're, they're, they're shitting out one a year. Yeah. They've just got to get them written. They, they basically, they traced over the script for the first, for the last movie. <laughs> like a brass <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they just gave it a different title and took some characters away and put some new characters in. But yeah. basically they're the same characters and the same jokes. <laughs> um, but yeah. Okay. So number seven. Number seven. Number Let's seven. Let's do it. Police Academy um, mission to Moscow. Yeah, but because of the fact that they say Moscow so often in these movies, it's it's messed with my brain. Mm. And now I've started to headcanon it as Moscow. Moscow. Yeah, I like to say Moscow. But every time I say it, I'm like, don't be... F- stop it. I prefer to say Moscow than do Moscow. I, it's more satisfying to say Moscow. Because it's got the word cow in it, it that's like funny. Makes my, it makes me twitch a little bit, though, because it? it feels wrong. Okay. Um, so five-year break between number six and yep. number seven. I guess I guess they were just making less and less money, becoming less and less popular, so they kind of stopped, and then a few years break, and they thought, let's, let's try this police academy thing again. Mm-hmm. Less budget. So they made this one really cheap um, by 1994 standards anyway. Uh, it definitely shows. 6.2 million. 
Okay, wow. Um, budget. The box office for this movie was one hundred twenty-six thousand dollars, <gasps> two hundred forty-seven. Fuck. Um, of which around seven dollars was me going to the <laughs> cinema to see this when I was ten years old. I would not have admitted to that. It's if I were you. Only police academy movie that I saw at the cinema. Wow. First That's and last. Bad. Yeah, that is terrible. I, I, I had a feeling it bombed and didn't do very well, but just but how much? Extreme. That's, it's, I don't know how they only made 120. How did that happen? Because it, this movie is awful. Oh, yeah. This is the only one that I would say this is a truly awful movie. Objectively bad, it. yeah. Yeah, it's awful. There's no <laughs> nothing funny in this. It's terrible. The jokes are bad. There you've are got jokes. Another, you, you've got some returning characters, but but not very few. Yeah, few returning characters, um, and Ron Perlman for some reason. Uh, yeah, who is very resentful of yeah. his uh, his role in this. So my first uh, AI generated bullet point is the final instalment of the Police Academy franchise sees a new group of graduates traveling to Moscow to help the Russian police combat organized crime. The film features many new characters with only a few of the original actors reprising their roles, including George Gaines as Commandant Lassard and David Graff as Tackleberry. Yeah, we got Michael Winslow back. Yep, yeah, we got um, Winslow back, Captain Harris, which Easterbrook. Yeah. That's about it, I think. I think I think that is it. The central villain of the film is Constantine Canali, a Russian mobster who is trying to take over the country's oil supply, which is incorrect. It's not he's not trying to take over the oil supply, is he? Isn't he trying to take over Game Boys? Yeah, something about handheld. Yeah. There's some video game nonsense that I didn't really... He has a computer programmer locked in a room and says, make me a game. Some game about a bear? Was it? I don't know. I don't remember. Because, because Russia, because bears and ballet and vodka. Oh, yeah. They play to every xenophobic trope in yeah. this movie. And of they, course. they have some ballet in this as well. And um, acrobats. But yeah, he's not... He's He's... In trying to create this computer game that steals people's information, which Prophetic. say what you want about Police Academy Seven, it's a terrible movie. <laughs> but that one thing was way ahead Prestium, of time yeah. by twenty years. Yeah. So Ron Perlman is the baddie. He's terrible in this. He is really bad, but he's since but been quoted as saying um, he considered his work on this movie to be a public service by <laughs> shutting down the franchise. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. He was quoted as saying, I'm not going to apologise. I did that piece of shit. Oh, <laughs> respect. Right? Respect to him. Yeah. No, I, I was going to say, I don't blame him because the script is so terrible. Mm-hmm. And what you're doing, you're getting paid and you're reading these words and you're going, this is awful. Yeah. Like, how are you going to make any of it sound convincing? There was right. no way to to do a better job than, than he did, I think. Yeah. Okay. He was working with a fucking turkey of a script yes it, yes it might as well have been written by a turkey <laughs> maybe it was maybe it that was that would make more sense uh, this is the one where um lassard goes missing and is staying with a <laughs> russian family <laughs> oh no no and the then, egg thing you're going to talk about the egg thing <laughs> yeah for some reason oh, um someone God. spits an egg out and lassard catches it in his mouth and then he spits it out and the other person catches it in their mouth and they're doing this weird egg mouth rally thing for about a minute. I was so, <laughs> so what's going on? confused. <laughs> I think that took years off my life, that yeah. scene. I was wondering if you'd spiked my drink with LSD or something. <laughs> I thought I was imagining it. Somebody wrote that down. Yeah. And went, this will be funny. Eggs. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? 
Oh my god! Yeah, they, they were the ones on LSD, not you. They should have sat down and written this more, rewritten the script more, and try and crack that egg joke. Oh my god! <laughs> because as far as I could tell, they just scrambled it completely. Oh for fuck's sake! <laughs> Did you pre-write those? Guys? No, no, just got all of them, and they're better than Police Academy jokes. Seventh Police Academy seven jokes. Yeah, it's, it's important to make that distinction. Do you want another bullet point, or do you oh, want to do a trivia? Go for it. All right, what we got here then? <laughs> Um, the film features several over-the-top action sequences, including a car chase through Moscow and a final showdown at an oil refinery. I don't. Is I don't a, remember any of this. Is that a car chase. I don't. I think I've like, as a trauma response, repressed <laughs> the memory of this film. We'll have to get you hypnotized. <laughs> yeah, take you back to the time when you were watching Police Academy Some Seven. Sort of regression Moscow. therapy to a yeah. week ago. <laughs> you were like, oh, oh, God, no, no, no. <laughs> Wake up in a cold sweat. <laughs> I don't remember. I don't. I, it's a, there's a chance that this could be incorrect, and mm-hmm. uh, and ChatGPT, God bless you, um, getting the movies muddled up. Um, there is a sword fight in this. Ron Perlman does a bit of a sword fight with Captain uh, with, with Commandant Lassard. That's the that's the climactic action sequence in this. Isn't it? That's the climax. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember this oil refinery business. I don't remember the oil refinery. I remember some ballet business. I remember that, and I remember they introduced Claire Fulani, whose only yes. identifiable characteristic is that she just wants a holiday. <laughs> she, Bless her. Yeah. she just wants to go on holiday. Yeah. Won't show up about it at every available opportunity. Yeah. Um, and they also introduced that younger um, cadet. Yeah. Who sort of bullshitted his way into coming along on the mission. Yeah, like at the start of the movie, he's like a failing um, cadet and he pretends that he's someone else that's a super cadet and takes their identity and goes to Russia and yeah, becomes the hero. It could sort of have been tre- tremendously dangerous. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Um, he's kind of the Mahoney character again, isn't he? Because you've got to have a white guy. That's There's always got to be a Mahoney, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so depressing. I can only assume somebody had dirt on Sir Christopher Lee. <laughs> oh, I forgot he was in this movie. How could you? Yeah. A guy with that career, <laughs> living legend Christopher Lee, yeah. died with Police Academy 7 Mission to Moscow on his resume. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so, I believe on his gravestone it just says, I apologise for Police Academy 7. <laughs> do you know what? He did a pretty good job with what he had to work with. Yeah, do you know what? Yeah, it was, I'm say it again, it was, the script is awful. It's truly terrible. And I don't blame anyone other than the makers, the creators <laughs> of this movie. Paul Maslansky solely. Yeah. It's just for some reason, it just, just none of this works. No. I don't know why. Because they had five, it's like they had a year between the first six movies and they could have been, some of them were bad, but like truly terrible. But you wait five years, you think you would have time to write a proper movie. <laughs> you would, you would assume, it's weird, but you'd it? be wrong. Yeah. It's very strange. They, they did a, the ballerina bit at the end was the, the Swan Lake production. Yeah. Oh, God, with Captain Harris in a tutu. <laughs> I'd forgotten about that. That's another repressed memory that's just come back to me. Yeah, and Tackleberry is dressed as either the swan or the lake. I don't oh know what. <laughs> and he's, flapping, sure. he's yeah. flapping about a bit and saying, Captain Harris, come on, you know, we've got to go and solve this crime. There's the crime man there. And Leslie... Also, guns. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, Leslie Easterbrook is uh, pretending to be like a singer and, and, and kind of gets in there with um, She seduces Kanali. Ron Perlman. She seduces Ron Perlman. And she does a bit of actual singing. I believe she was a professional singer yeah. in real life. So it's nice that she got to do a bit of that. And I hope she got paid handsomely for it. Um, 
I don't really know what else to say about Police Academy Mission to Moscow. I want to quickly just bring up the three acrobat characters because that, <laughs> kept, that kept happening to my eyeballs yeah, because, and I wasn't quite sure what was going on. Because Sarah. Because Russia. I know. Russians <laughs> train in the circus. Yeah, they, they really like their vodka. Mm-hmm. They're an austere people and they all have innate circus skills yeah. <laughs> from birth. Yeah, and that, that all of these things apply to every single Russian. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. what I've been led to believe. Yeah. yeah. Unless Good. movies are just lying to me no, this whole time. No, they're not. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's about it. Apparently, um, apparently they were supposed to have a larger role. I'm really glad really? they didn't. <laughs> okay. Maybe they cut a bunch of acrobat stuff out. Maybe, maybe. Um, but yeah, I, I, what more can you say about this? It's easily the worst one. It's the one with the fewest returning yeah. cast members from the ensemble. It made the least money, deservedly. Yeah. It was a blight on otherwise successful careers. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a weird anomaly, this film. It's so it's so bad. Um, I just don't know how they screwed it up as much as they did. But the fact that we're saying this in comparison to the first six, yeah. when compared to other actual films, yeah. it's that much worse. Yeah, it's 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 gotta be in the top. 10 or 20 worst movies that I've ever seen. I wonder if it is on like the IMDb bottom 100 or something. Oh, maybe. maybe. <laughs> it should be. Yeah. I'd rather watch The Room. I'd rather watch Birdemic. I'd rather, yeah, I'd happily watch The Room or Birdemic because at least you can have some fun with those movies. <laughs> Even Draniac. Yeah, well, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Draw the line at Draniac, I think. Um, yeah, terrible movie. Have you got any tidbits on Police Academy number seven? No, I want it to be over. Let's wrap it up. <laughs> I can feel myself dying inside. All right, let's 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 wrap it up then. So in conclusion, the Police Academy franchise, we kind of, we watched this because we, we for some reason, decided to watch a Police Academy movie and then a Chucky movie. Well, because... And then a Police Academy movie, then a Chucky movie. For To, to make this short story longer... <laughs> Because that's the phrase. Um, every time we walked into HMV, you picked up and looked longingly at the <laughs> Police Academy Blu-ray box set. And so I bought it for you one day because you never left the shop with it. Yeah. So I was like, well, he obviously wants it. And then you were like, we're gonna, I'm going to make you sit down and watch all seven. Mm. And I said, the only way that was going to happen is if, we, if, if I'm allowed to make you watch a franchise that I really enjoy, yeah. which is the Child's Play franchise. Yeah. Um, so we alternated them over about a month. We did. So we watched all seven Police Academy movies and then we retrospectively said, well, why don't we try and crowbar that into an episode? <laughs> so, so that our time was not wasted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you're welcome, listeners. You uh, get to hear us talk about seven Police Academy movies. But on the plus side, uh-huh. you never need to hear us mention it. I will mention them again at some point. I'll probably mention Proctor many, many times over the course of this podcast life, lifetime. Um, but you won't need to hear about the movies again. So we're done. Yeah, with just Lance Kinsey. Yes. Um, so final thoughts. Um, I've got a bit of a ranking. I, I'm just going to quickly go through. Okay, what's your ranking then? Ro- go th- yes. So what you should have ranked right? them in order of seniority of police. <laughs> <laughs> which which one does Commandant? <laughs> oh, I should have done. I didn't think of it. Um, so my favourite one. Is number three. Mm-hmm. It's the one I saw most. Um, it's the it's the perfect amount of Mr. Z. It's the perfect amount of Mr. Z. It's got all your old favourites in there and mm-hmm. some new and, and some new uh, good characters. Um, and I was thinking about this last night. I think 
maybe it might have been, it might have been the first one that I saw because this one came out in 1986. Mm-hmm. So give it a couple of years to 1988. It was probably starting to get aired on terrestrial UK television. Yeah. So it may well have been the first one that I saw recorded off, off the television mm-hmm. and then watched it over and over again. So that might have something to do with it. It's the most most Police Academy, most nostalgic for me. It's the one I'll put on it's before any the others. the Police Academyist movie. It's the Police Academyist, yeah. Um, my second is number one because I think okay. it's almost a movie. Yeah. Yeah. It has a lot of the same beats as actual films. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my third favourite is number five. I've just got... Controversial, but okay. I've got a huge soft spot for it. I enjoy it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and it nearly was my number two, but okay. number one, as I said, is almost a movie. Uh, next is number six, which I enjoyed, enjoyed a lot more than I thought I would. And then we've got number two, mm-hmm. number four, and guess what? Number seven <laughs> is the worst one. You prefer number two to number four? I think I would have swapped yeah. those around. Yeah, I think so. Okay. It's, I mean, subject, we could go through and watch them again if you like. Just do a, <laughs> um, a re-review. Not this decade. Okay, fair, <laughs> fair. What, what's your favourite one? I think my favourite one is number three yeah, as well. Yeah, okay. I, I like certain bits out of most of them, mm. even if I don't like the project as a whole. Yeah. There's there's usually something to enjoy. Okay. Um, but you very firmly have to switch your brain off. Yeah, and I'm assuming that your least favourite is... Seven, number seven. obviously. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I I thought it might be a good idea to, you know, we spoke earlier a little bit about an eighth movie, a mm-hmm. legacy sequel, reboot. Yeah. If you were to recast Police Academy, mm-hmm. who would you um, recast in some of the key roles? This is, this is interesting because um, this is the first time I'm hearing you say these things, obviously. <laughs> yeah, um, we did. But, but yeah, I have a pre-prepared list. Yeah, me too. How funny. Me too. <laughs> Um, okay, so we, we came up with the, the, the characters that we wanted we to did, recast. We did, the top ten. Yeah, and I'll go first because you know what my first one is. Okay. Commandant Lassard. Yeah. Who else are you going to cast <laughs> <laughs> other than Martin Shaw? And that was the only one I could predict yeah. off your list. I knew Martin Shaw was going to be on there. Yeah. It, it's it, Martin Shaw is the king of delivery. He's got that. He can do dry. He can do silly. He would be good. He can fall over and it's hilarious. <laughs> Um, so who have you got as facade? Um, <laughs> interestingly, I've got Martin Sheen. Martin Sheen, okay. <laughs> Misdirect. Um, okay. Yeah, I am familiar with a lot of his career. Yeah. Most of what he's done is serious. Uh, he was in Hot Shots Part Two. Yeah, but also, so he's done, we know he can do comedy is what I'm saying. Yeah. He was really good in Grace and Frankie. I don't think you watched that, no. but he was really genuinely quite funny in that and again he can do sort of the straight man Mm. but make it funny yeah i think he would be an interesting choice anyway okay okay should i do mahoney sure pete davidson for mahoney yeah okay i thought you know bit of a bit of a (laughs) rebel initially he's got some tattoos so people are going to judge him they're going to judge a book by its cover so maybe you're going to do a bit of a don't judge a book by its cover type moral lesson thing okay um, and he's just got that kind of lovable rogue attitude, I think, that has he has more than Steve Gutenberg. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I do. I like Pete Davidson a yeah, lot. Yeah, I know you do. I know you do. That's. I didn't really have any other thoughts about Mahoney. That's the only one. That, he came to me and I thought, no, I'm happy with that. I'm going to stick with Pete Davidson as Mahoney. Okay. What, who have you got? Um, mine's a bit out of left field. Okay. 
Jack Quaid. Jack Quaid. That works, actually. Again, he can do comedy. Yes. He's quite charismatic. He's not... I've never seen him in a role where he's been, like, as overly confident as Mahoney, Mm. but I think he could probably get there. Yeah. There were shades of that in Scream 5. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm happy with that choice. Yeah, uh, that's good, actually. I think that's a really good choice. Uh, (laughs) Captain Harris. (laughs) Okay, so I've gone for Peter Serafinovich. Okay. Odd, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> I I don't know why his name popped into my head, but I just thought he can do straight man yeah. very well. But, and he's funnier when he's doing straight man. Yes, exactly. Okay. And I just I just thought, I couldn't think of anyone else that suited that role better, in my opinion. Okay. What, who have you got? Who have you got? Wildly different choice. Are you sure? <laughs> no, Ken Jeong. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Because I could see him as like the sort of resentful, power mad idiot. Yeah, that's good. I like that. <laughs> I, d- I told you you wouldn't guess most of mine. No, definitely not. <laughs> I would never have guessed Ken Jong in a million years. Um, who have we got next? Okay, so my favourite, Proctor. Who okay. are we casting as Proctor? You'll hate me for mine. I will tell you. Anna Faris. Okay. Mm. Okay. Good comedic timing. She can yeah. be a buffoon. She does a buffoon very well. She's good at silly. Yeah. She's good at silly. That's good. That's a good one. I'm. I was really happy with that. And okay. again, like I thought of her, I was like, "That's not. I don't want anyone else. I want to see Peter Serafinovich and Anna <laughs> Faris together in a set doing straight man and silly like goofball." I'd pay to see that. Yeah. 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 I was happy with that. I think you'll hate me for my choice. Oh, who have you got? Is it not fucking Mike Myers or something, is it? No, I went for Dave Franco. Based based solely on Day Shift. Yeah, okay. He is good at comedy. Yeah. I think he can do silly. Yeah. I think he could properly lean into that if he wanted to. Okay. Um, I struggled with this one, though, I'll be honest. Yeah. Okay. But settled on Dave Franco. I, I wasn't... The superior Franco. I wasn't... Just the only Franco. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't... Um, <laughs> I wasn't overly sold until you mentioned his role in Day Shift, where he was good. That's what's And I enjoyed me. him in that and that movie, actually. I thought that mm. was funnier than it had any business being in. Um, but yeah, he was a good goofball in that. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'd buy that for a dollar. <laughs> so the next one, Jonesy. This is the one I really, really, really struggled with. Okay. I, because... You can't... Re- like, what, what do you do? Do you get another mouth guy? Well, or, I, like, I kind of had to disregard that kind of element to the character because okay. the only the only person I could think of that would come close is someone like Jay Farrow. Yeah. And that's only because he's very good at like um impersonations of people and stuff. Okay. That was the only person that came to mind. Right. I abandoned that. So I just kind of went for who I thought would fill the other attributes of that role okay. well. Interesting you mentioned the impersonations thing because okay. I was really struggling. Yeah. And I thought, do we get another mouth guy? I can't think of another <laughs> mouth guy. <laughs> Please stop um, saying mouth guy. <laughs> 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 Sorry, I saw it written on that bathroom last night and I can't get it out of my head. Um, <laughs> Maybe that's another word for dentist. <laughs> you know, me mouth guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I struggled with it. I, I thought, do we just keep Michael Winslow? Can we just get him back? And I thought, no, we're recasting. No, it's so got it's got to be brand new. I went down similar routes, routes what you were just saying about the impersonations. Mm-hmm. Tom Hiddleston. And it's not the most, I'm not, okay. I'm not the happiest with this casting, but I couldn't think of anyone else. And my logic is that he's good at impressions. 
so he can do an impression <laughs> of Captain Harris, like on a tannoy and pretend that he's Captain Harris or something. Okay. I'm not super happy with that, but I couldn't think of anyone else. I don't love it. No. But I don't... I think mine is better in terms of comedy mm. and comedic timing. Okay. Um, I went with Danny Pudi. Okay. Um, yeah. I, I told you there would be a couple <laughs> on my list that you would say that too. Um, best known as being Ahmed from Community. Oh, uh, right. I've never seen Community. Okay. He is... I wish he got more work, actually, because the... the a handful of things I've seen him in. Mm. He's been a real standout. He's very funny. Yeah. Very good timing. But he's also a really good actor. Okay. And again, like, I kind of had to disregard the the noises and yeah. that sort of stuff and just go with somebody that I thought would fit the role otherwise. Yeah, you have to. Yeah. You can't you can't recreate there isn't, that magic. There isn't another Michael Winslow. No, no there's <laughs> only one Michael Winslow. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, you've taken us on to Hightower. Yeah. My first thought was Yahya Abdul-Mateen the second? Oh, that I wrote that down and crossed it out as well. Because he's fucking huge. He's hench. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then I sort of wasn't quite happy with that because I haven't really seen him do any comedy. Brilliant actor. Mm-hmm. Amazing in Candyman. Yeah. Just haven't seen him do much comedy. So mm-hmm. I changed track a little bit and then decided, because the original Hightower, Bubba Smith, was a sports guy, I thought, mm-hmm. we'll get another sports guy, okay. we'll get Shaq. <laughs> He'll get Shaquille O'Neal. Okay. And he's only 51, so you can get 10 sequels out. Is he only 51? Yeah. Or is okay. he early 50s at time of recording? Okay. Yeah. Sports guy. Yeah. Okay. Big sports guy. And I couldn't name another sports guy. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sprots. Not, no, not my forte. No. Um, Gary Lineker. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think Gary Lineker will work as Hightower. No. Go with your first choice. Um, okay, yeah. Who, who have you got as Hightower? Well, again, because the character's sole attribute is size, <laughs> I also followed that tack. Um, but I went for Winston Duke. Mm, yes. Because he is he can be a comedy. Yeah, good choice. I like it. Yeah, yeah. He was great in Oz. Yeah. Loved him. Yeah. Actually, do you know, I prefer him to Shaq. Okay. <laughs> I think if you get Shaq, you might get some sports people going to see the movie. So okay. maybe from a box office perspective, that might be a good move. Yeah. But I prefer yours. Oh, he's, yeah, he's probably got more commercial appeal. Yeah. Um, but I prefer yours without a doubt. Mm-hmm. Right. Should we do Callahan? Sure. Aubrey Plaza. Interesting. Because she can do dry, she, like hard. She can, can she? Yeah. Aubrey like, Plaza, dry. Super Never. stony face. <laughs> Um, stern. Okay. And I, I, I can, but I was specifically thinking about all of those jokes they made about when Callahan is like decking a dude mm-hmm. and everyone wants to be decked by her. But now I can just see everyone being yeah. like, yeah, I want to be decked by Aubrey Plaza. Okay. And that was the only risk. <laughs> okay. Well, my choice is again, worlds apart from yeah. yours and might be met with a who. Okay. Um, so I went for Gwendolyn Christie. Mm. Yes. Okay. That's very good. Because from a visual perspective, yeah. she is Amazonian in height, yeah. blonde, beautiful, mm. but very kind of austere. Mm. But also, having seen her in a couple of Peter Strickland's films, she's really good at comedy. Okay. But like very subtle, understated, yeah. weird comedy. Brendan <laughs> Christie. Okay. Yeah. No, I like that a lot. Okay. I like that a lot. Um, taking us on to Hooks, yep. I've got Octavia Spencer. 
Okay. Um, I like Octavia Spencer. I like Octavia Spencer too. Now, Hooks is not the most prominent character. Mm -hmm. Maybe you could give her a bit more to do in in a reboot, in a sequel, and I like her, so I would like to see her in that Hooks role. Okay. What about you? I went a completely different direction again. I went for Jenny Slate. Yeah. I like (laughs) it, actually, yeah. And also, very minor connection to Police Academy. I watched Marcel the Shell with Shoes on recently. And I can't remember if it was four or five of the Police Academy franchise that was, I can't believe we've not mentioned this up until now, that was directed by Peter Boners. Um, And I went to see that film at the cinema and during the credits, I was looking at all the voices of the different shells and I was like, oh, Nathan Fielder. Oh yeah, of course. Peter Boners. But what? (laughs) Peter Boners? The Peter Boners? And yeah, it was the same guy. Okay. So So what you're saying is that there's a Jenny Slate Police Academy connection. (laughs) She already has a very, very, very vague connection. Okay. Also, I love her. Yeah, she's very she's great. She's great. Okay, um, next I've got Tackleberry. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to swap gender here, Viola Davis, I thought. Ooh. She could just be like a very good, no-nonsense, excessive force, over-the-top, love guns. Or maybe you don't do the gun thing. Maybe you just do like a violence in general thing, like, okay. like excessive force. I thought there, there's, there's something interesting there that you can do. I don't know. I don't know if I've seen her do comedy before. She's I excellent in everything. Yes, uh, but I don't think necessarily like, the Tackleberry character needs to be that funny. They just need to deliver lines that are funny. Okay, like, so like... It's more scenario stuff. Viola Davis from Suicide Squad more than... Yeah, or The Woman King, but less um, troubled. Maybe. Okay, okay. Um, but as double-ard as... I was thinking of The Woman King just because how, how, how double-ard she was in that movie. And I thought maybe... Parts of that character could, yeah. could lend itself to tackle <laughs> okay. in police okay. academy. I can't believe we're doing this. <laughs> um, again, I went for a very different choice. All right, straight out and out comedy. Um, Channing Tatum, because mm. he's very good at playing the idiot. Yes, and there's not much to Tackleberry beyond. Did you know I like guns? Yeah, I like guns. Yeah, look at all my guns. Yeah, um, and I think potentially Channing Tatum. Could do that quite well. What if we, he was Channing Tatum, but his character from Twenty One Jump Street, and we just put that character. <laughs> He's undercover. Yeah. <gasps> Plot twist. Sure. Yeah. Okay. His name is not Jeff. <laughs> um, okay. So, last one. Sure. Mr. Yeah. Z. Yeah. Best for last. Uh huh. I'll tell you who I was considering before. Bob I tell you. Goldthwait. No. There yeah. can only be one. He's like the Highlander. Mr. I, Z is the only one. Is the only one. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, I, I, I considered Taika Waititi or Caleb Land- Landry-Jones. Taika Waititi because funny and a bit <sighs> silly. And then Caleb Landry-Jones because he, uh, he has long hair sometimes. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> but he's distinctive looking. But I wasn't happy particularly with either of those. Mm-hmm. And then I had a brainwave. Okay. Eric Andre. Oh, I like that. Yeah, right? I like that a yeah. lot. Anakin. <gasps> I like yours way more than mine. What have you got? Well, funnily enough, I went for somebody who's already on your list, and that was Pete Davidson. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... But I, I prefer your choice. You think Eric Andre is a yeah. lock-in for Mr. Z? Yeah. Okay, agree. So, that was our, that was our <laughs> casting. Um, let us know who you would recast oh, in a, a yeah. uh, hostage.pod on all social medias. I really enjoyed that. I want to know what everybody else would, so say, I. would say. It's fascinating what i would love to hear what everybody else would choose i was super excited to hear what you were going to choose and particularly yeah, when you same. said there's you're not going to guess mine and i thought the same i thought maybe i knew martin Shaw you knew i was going to martin Shaw. yeah 
Um, but yeah, no, I was super happy with, with most of my list, with the exception of the Jonesy one. And yours was great as well. There's some, some bangers on there too. <sighs> Which takes us to the end. We've done it. Yeah. And I didn't completely lose the will to live. Not completely. No. No. I'm borderline. <laughs> I'd yeah. like a nap now. <laughs> Are we going to outro with the police academy thing? Of course. Are we allowed? <laughs> we, if we do less than 15 seconds, I think okay. we're all right. <laughs> if you sing it, it will be so unlike the actual okay. version that Spotify won't flag it. We are police academies. <laughs> we're learning to be police. We're here with Mahoney <laughs> and the mouth guy. And the gun guy is here too. Plus we've got the shouty one who's in three of them. This is not going to work, is it? I don't think you've got a career in like anything that involves thinking. Like, thinking. Yeah. Anything that involves thinking. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Let's end it there. Anything that involves thinking, opt out immediately. <laughs> but otherwise, well done. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening. If you've enjoyed the show, please consider leaving us a five star review on your platform of choice and come and shoot the shit with us on social media. All the links are in the description.